If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Brzezuda, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Steelers Preview. Mike Persuda along with Matt Williamson. We will be joined tonight by the third member of our team, Merrill Hodge. And Matt, the Dolphins have the audacity (laughs) to celebrate their 1972 undefeated Ah. season on a night when the Steelers are coming to town. And I am old enough to remember the game after the Immaculate Reception. Okay. When the Dolphins came to Three River Stadium for the AFC Championship game. Must have been some kind of rotational division thing who got to host because Miami was undefeated. I they were undefeated, right. And right. Pittsburgh wasn't. And uh, the game turned in part because a punter by the name of Larry Seipel noticed that the Steelers were not rushing. They were running back to set up a return. Okay. And he just took off and ran the ball for a huge play that sustained the drive. And, you know, they got to enjoy the immaculate reception for a week. And then the Dolphins ended up going to the Super Bowl and going undefeated. I'm still a little honked off about that. Okay. Well, the Steelers have the audacity to celebrate the immaculate reception here in a couple months. So, what's the difference? I but guess, you know. You think the Steelers coming to town has something to do with it because of that game? I can't believe it's a coincidence. All right. All right. I mean, there's probably some people in Miami that are old enough to remember that. I'm lot, sure. A lot, lot of old people down there. <laughs> there are a lot of old uh, folks in we, Florida. It yeah. just adds a little uh, intrigue uh, to the Sunday night uh, mix, and there's plenty of that already. Uh, let's get to today's uh, practice participation reports before we dig in to all of that. And uh, before we do that, uh, I'll remind you that uh, what to expect is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. I guess we can expect to see Kenny Pickett because for the second consecutive day, Kenny Pickett was a full participant, still in the concussion protocol, but Pickett and the other Steelers concussion guys, if we can call them that. Got to go through a couple of days of practice, and then you know tomorrow we'll be uh, revealing potentially, and if not tomorrow, Saturday before they get on the plane. But a whole bunch of guys full participation. Pickett, Cam Sutton, Akello Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Minka Fitzpatrick, Miles Jack, Mason Cole, James Daniels, Pat Fryermuth, Chris Wormley, and Larry Ogunjobi. Uh, Fryermuth. And Wallace uh, are in the concussion club, I guess mm-hmm. you could call right. it along. There's three of them, right? Along with Pickett. Uh, the only uh, guy who didn't practice uh, because of an injury, Steven Sims, hamstring. He hasn't practiced yet this week. That's a shame because he provided yeah, such, dynamic a, player. such a spark in the return game. Yeah. Cam Hayward got the day off today. And James Pierre limited. He showed up for the first time with a hip. 
Now, Miami is not without its injury concerns. Uh, not working for the Dolphins today, cornerback Keon Crossan, knee. Now, he's the guy who initially replaced Nick Needham, the other starting corner right, opposite, right. opposite Xavier Howard. Uh, Needham went on IR this week. So he, that should be Byron Jones, but he hasn't played all year. Yeah, yeah. He's out of the picture. Uh, their uh, left tackle, Terran Armstead, was limited with a toe. He didn't play last week against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Didn't practice Wednesday. He may or may not be uh, progressing uh, toward availability. And the other tackle, Greg Little, uh, was also limited today. Uh, that is a downgrade uh, for Little. So uh, the Dolphins have some issues at the two tackle positions and in the secondary. Without, Tackles and corners. Without Needham, they bump everybody up. The sub-package guy goes yep. into the base, and the number six goes – the guy in the six-man goes into the five-man and oh, yeah. so on and so on. Uh, the, the, My, the Minnesota Vikings, excuse me, really gave – Miami problems uh, in terms of protection. Six sacks allowed, 13 quarterback hits. There were also eight tackles for a loss. Now, Miami dominated that game statistically, but Minnesota ended up, game. ended up winning it. Yeah. Um, what do you make of uh, the, the relative injury concerns? Did the Steelers prove to you they can get by with anybody in the secondary against Tampa? I mean, Tampa? I don't know that, you know, Chris Rock says you can drive a car with, the feet, with your feet. That doesn't mean it's a good idea. You, you know, you got to <laughs> – uh, they got away with it. They all played really well. They didn't make mistakes. Um, but I think it's best that this group's coming back, especially against Waddle and Tyreek. Those are the straws to stir the drink. I mean, that is what the team is all about. Um, I think these corner and tackle injuries, though, for Miami are fascinating or very worrisome, at least if you're Miami. I mean, that defense, really, Coach Flores and you know, put this defense in and they kept one of his assistant coaches as the defensive coordinator. And it's blitz, 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 blitz. Put your corners on islands. Give Zayvon Howard big money. Give Byron Jones big money. Draft the uh, Ob Obnawene. I, I always I kill his name. In the first round two years ago. And they're really getting nothing from all those guys, let alone like guys like Needham that were even lower on the list. Jones hasn't played all year. Howard's out there, but he's getting picked on like crazy. I can't believe he's 100%. And they don't have dominant pass rushers. They're built to blitz. And as for the tackle situation, you kind of referenced it. Like, I thought they were the worst offensive line in the league last year. So they went out and they gave Armstead big money. They gave Connor Williams a big contract, too, who's a guard. They made him a center, which I have some mixed feelings about. But Armstead wasn't out there, and Little was the left tackle just getting abused. Yeah. And he was he had previously been the right tackle filling in for Austin Jackson, right. who's on IR, at least – Start of this week, he was right. Uh, the guy you referenced in the secondary, by the way, is uh, Noah. Yes, Igbenogany. <laughs> yes, well done. Number yeah. nine, and he wound up struggling when they first threw him in. In addition to losing Needham, I mentioned they lost Crescent, uh -huh. and uh, Igbenogany ended up playing a representative game. Yeah, right. As, as the game progressed, he got he kind of warmed to the task. He was the first Minnesota. round pick two years ago, and. It was been in the doghouse basically ever since. Yeah, and that's – I mean, this is his third year now, and mm -hmm. you're a first-round pick, and you're still not on the field except when injuries right. rise up. That is not – Not ideal for them right A now. good sign. But uh, you mentioned that was a strange game, uh, Miami-Minnesota, last Sunday down in South Florida. The Vikings had 11 first outs. Yeah. They also had 11 three and outs. Yeah. <laughs> they, went, they went two for 12 on third down. That's unbelievable. They gained 234 total net yards. Yep. 
and they had the ball for 24 minutes and 31 seconds. They wound up getting 24 points, and that was more than enough. Uh, the Dolphins. Like yards per play, Dolphins were much better. I yeah. mean, four, snap after snap. 458 with two different quarterbacks. Two Skyler, different quarterbacks, too. Right? Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, two interceptions. They also lost a fumble. They tried a fake punt on fourth and one deep in their own territory on the first series of the third quarter and didn't make it. And, oh, by the way, 10 penalties for 97 yards. Five of them were offensive line penalties. You touched on it. They are, well, they've had some bad luck, obviously. Everyone knows what happened to Tua. But this is four games in a row that they lost their starting quarterback and had to bring the second guy in. You know, obviously that's not how you draw it up let alone for a rookie head coach, like, wow, you know, things were going great and this league seems easy and then all of a sudden this hits. But you kind of touched on some of it. Like, play after play, Miami was better than Minnesota last week. I mean, I assume you agree with me. You watched the game. Without question. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. But the hidden yardage is killing this team right now. You know, you mentioned the special teams gaffe. They're, frankly, the worst special teams in the entire NFL right now. You yeah, know? and just to follow up on yeah. that real quick, the kicker, Jason Sanders, missed a 52-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. He has not made a kick longer than 49 yards this year. He has three misses, and he missed an extra point, too. And, you know, kicks in pretty good conditions right. down there. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the fake punt, which it, it, it was a wide run against an unblocked edge. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who threw that one up, but it really didn't have a chance. Yeah. I, and, and I know these coaches, they don't just sit there after third down fails and say, oh, let's try a fake punt here. <laughs> of course. Right. Obviously, they thought they were going to get a look, or they, they yeah, had, yeah, they they had saw some something on tape. reason to yeah. do it, but – the. It, it did not look good. Uh, they gave up a 25-yard punt return. Uh, bad day all around on teams. and uh, They gave up a long kickoff return to the uh, Ravens early in the year. Their punt coverage, their kickoff coverage is bad. I don't watch special teams f- tape, but I go to certain sites and I look at the rankings and just steal it from them. I just see it when it comes up in a game. Yeah, yeah, they're 32nd they're everywhere. You mentioned the penalties. 199 yards of penalties over the last two games. <laughs> you know, yeah. hard to win that way. I mean, they started the season um, in the plus column for turnover differential. The last four weeks, they consistently lose the turnover battle. So, yeah, you're, you're producing things play after play, and their quarterbacks haven't been the problem at all. I mean, there's, I think they have one combined interception. Skylar Thompson was He's all right. representative. Yeah, absolutely. And then he hit his hand on a helmet, and he mm-hmm. had to leave, and Teddy Bridgewater came in. And, uh, you know, came in cold and uh, middle of the second quarter. And uh, he wound up with 329 passing yards. Yeah. I mean. Like all of it to Waddle and Hill. Yeah. (laughs) They had like 250 of it. And so Miami moved up and down at one stretch. I mentioned the 10 penalties. Five of them came in one series. One series, yeah. Within a seven-play stretch. Brutal. So most penalties on one drive by an NFL team this season. And – you know, they play a lot of man coverage, as I mentioned, so they can get grabby and have some long defensive pass interferences. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of shuffling on the offensive line, as we mentioned. Sometimes they just flat out get beat. But what stood out to me watching that game, Zadarius Smith went crazy on these guys, but mostly because they couldn't pick up basic stunts and twists and things like that, just free rushers. And I mentioned Connor Williams. He was a guard for the Cowboys. Kind of signed like a similar contract to James Daniels. They plugged him in at center. 
He's never played center before. I mean, I'm just guessing that he doesn't know all the center smart you know stuff. You know, I mean, you got to have a smart center to pick these things up. He's never done it before. Yeah, right? between the games and then just getting beat off the edge. Right, right. Little uh, just kept getting beat. My God, right. one time they didn't even try to block Smith. I don't know <laughs> right. why they thought that was a good idea, <laughs> yeah, but that was yeah. that was one of the tackles for a loss. But uh, boy, you mentioned those two receivers, and uh, they boy, are attention getting. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You know, Miami moved up and down the field. It wasn't uh, a ton of splash. Mm-hmm. Had the ball all day, and they were just, you know, methodically moving. Then they'd get a penalty. Methodically mm-hmm. move, they'd get a turnover. Uh, defensively, they gave a big uh, pass interference. Our buddy, uh, Igbenogany. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right after he came in the game, uh, that set up Minnesota for a score. Uh, gave up a 53-yard run to Dalvin Cook. And then at the end of the day, they're behind, but uh, the combined numbers – for Hill and Waddle. Remarkable. 18 catches on 25 targets, 306 yards. 306. I was thinking it was like 250-ish. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It, it, and they lost. Every play. And they lost, right. 25 targets between the two of them. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's the whole offense. And I That, know, and when they get down close, they like Mike Kosicki, the Kisicki. tight end for Penn State, because he's a big body. And That's the thing about Hill and Waddle, is they aren't great red zone, box you out type guys. They're there. They're, they're Lamborghinis. That's too easy. They don't want to score from Why three that, yards right, away. Right. Yeah, they got to run a bit. But uh, and Gasecki doesn't even start for them. I mean, Durham Smythe's the starter. He was just out last week. I bounced this off of uh, Terrell Austin, the Steelers' defensive coordinator. Today is the concern more just getting the top taken off the defense on a go route, or is it the crossers with speed, mm-hmm. or is it the slants where the, After the safeties take bad yeah. angles because they just aren't used to dealing with guys this quick, and yeah. the, the response from Austin was all of it. It has to be, yeah. I mean, they just play a game at a different speed. I frankly think Tyree kills the most terrifying wide receiver since Randy Moss. You know, like, that's exactly what defensive coordinators do not want to play against, is someone that can just change the game in .3 seconds. You know what I mean? And Waddle has the same wow speed, too. I mean, if there's anyone in the league that compares to Tyreek, in terms of speed and explosion with pads on or ball in the air or ball in your hand, it's Waddle, and it's a rare combination they have. And I think Hill, you know, his speed is obviously his signature, mm-hmm. but this is not a track guy in a football suit no. that just runs fast. This is a tough son of a gun. Man, yeah. He can take a hit. He can do damage over the middle. He can break tackles. If he, you catch up to him, he is a football player. Yeah, I mean, he's played some running back at the college level as well. You can see that. He has lateral agility. He runs through arm tackles, tough as could be. He's a great, great player. And, and the Chiefs miss him. But the only thing uh, Terrell Austin would concede today, uh, obviously he's not going to give the game plan out during his uh, normal Thursday media briefing, but uh, he acknowledged you cannot play man coverage against these guys and run with them all day. You just can't. You can't. Right. So. They're going to have to come up with something. Right. And uh, I'll be real interested to see what they do because the Steelers have not been a team that has been shy about trying different stuff, particularly Mm -hmm. uh, in response to injury. I I think in this case you're getting some guys back, but they're not just going to throw their base stuff out there, uh, play it the way they regularly play it, and and expect to have success. I mean, the whole offseason for the Dolphins was geared around making Tua's life as easy as possible, or at least putting enough around him to say he's either our guy or not. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished, 100%. He's, he's, Even he uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, one of the running backs, is he's a, a speed back. Yeah, track guy, and, yeah. Boy, in the pass game, you get him in a little space and get him cranked up. Yeah. I mean, even Gasecki runs really, really well for tight end. I mean, like, their skill guys can fly. 
Um, but Tua wasn't great against man coverage before this year. You, you know, and so they go get these two guys, which kind of dictates the coverages, as you and you know, Coach Austin said, you don't get as much man. So Tua is really good with timing and rhythm, getting it out, quick game. Um, getting it in their hands in space. I mean, this whole offense is built around after the catch, much like the Niners. It, it, it's something. I mean, and they've really built a dangerous group here all of a sudden. Got a lot more uh, to get to as we continue right. breaking down uh, what's awaiting the Steelers in Miami on Sunday night. When we come back, we'll be joined by Merrill Hodge. I also want to remind you that the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank wants you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate at Pittsburgh Food Bank. Org. Mike Pursuta with Matt Williamson. We're going to be here till 8 o'clock tonight. This is Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you tonight till 8 o'clock, getting ready for the Steelers and the Dolphins. Steelers Preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Time now to welcome the third member of our team, Merrill Hodge, joining us as he always does. Merrill uh, a lot to chew on off of that the Steelers upset over Tampa Bay last Sunday. And I wanted to start with you tonight in the trenches because I thought the defensive line and, uh, you know, the defensive front really played well. Uh, probably the, the D-line's best game since the opener at Cincinnati. And, uh, oh, by the way, those are the two games the Steelers have yeah. won this season. Uh, can they keep this up? Well, you, you do. Um, you make an interesting point. Well, and it's a critical point. And you know, your defensive and offensive lines, if they don't play well, it just you know, I don't care how good your skill players are, because all skill players are good. You know, it's just hard to win consistently in this league. Um, I think as a as a as an entire defense, it was probably one of the most complete games I had seen, especially what they did on the back end, because it was so creative. Uh, you saw some. You saw them disguise coverage and get into some other coverages in some very unique ways. I, I can't recall. Honestly, I've been playing in this league and studying this league for 40 years almost. And I don't remember. I'm sure it's happened. But, I mean, I don't remember schematically them disguising and converting to the type of coverages that they did um, to to affect Brady and the, and the wide receiving group. Um, you know, and then obviously to your point that, their defensive line was and their pressures and their constant uh, harassment of collapse in the pocket was there. And all of that really works in unison. You know, if you don't do that, the disguising thing will work for a little bit, but was Tom Brady seen about everything you could possibly see? He would adjust, he adjusts the things. He just didn't have time to adjust um, through the game to your point. Um, they did a great job of constantly collapsing the pocket. 
Merrill, did it shock you that they didn't target Evans and Godwin more, or was it because of the coverages that you you know mentioned? Yeah, um, you know, I think it was really probably because of the coverage. Now these coverages that they did, uh, let me, I'll be clear with them. They they happen in critical moments in scoring territory, like third downs. They forced field goals versus allowing them to get a first down, um, you know, and have a chance for a touchdown. So they. They really did it at opportune times, and it was critical, um, and, and it paid off for them. You know, almost every critical moment they did something that was somewhat unique. Um, I'll give you one a great example. Like, we, we talk about all the time, fans, I think, probably understand this, that a lot of times motion, especially on third down, is to identify if you're in a man or zone. And um, you just move one guy just to get an assess, you know, an assessment for everybody, what you're about to see. Well, so interesting. Um, Millet, 35, goes in motion. I can't remember the number of the receiver. Uh, he lost, first of all, they have trips. He's on the trip side. He's lined up head on him. Everybody's pressed, too, by the way. It looks man. Like crossbow, pre-snap, it looks man. It looks like two man because you got two safeties. Um, motion guy, Millet, goes with him. Snap of the ball, what turns with him. And starts running. It looks like, though, man, Tom Brady, um, you know, peaked at that. But when he saw a man, he was like, well, I'm just going to come back here and check it down. Well, they're playing zone underneath. You know, they, they jumped out of uh, the man look and went to zone. So only one guy played man and they ended up playing zone underneath. He checks it down, they end up making a tackle, a game tackle, you know, for a yard short, forcing a punt. So, um, yeah, they just really a lot. They're very creative, you know. They just really did some things, and it was, you know, I wouldn't be as shocked if it was the same group playing. <laughs> you know, like half of them, I'm like, who's 42? You know, who's who's that guy? Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, so it's a real tribute to you know the the team. You know, the coaches put it in, players have to execute it, and and they really did. And it was a. Uh, um, you felt frustrated their their receiving core. You know they they were struggling with gaps. You know Tom Brady was throwing it in the dirt because he was uncertain. Um, you don't have about let's say eight times in the game, you know, um, where they changed something up and it made a difference. You know, um, in the game. So I, I think that has something to do with it, with the, the lack of targets. Yep. You know Brady came in twelve and three in his career against the Steelers, and I think I've been to every one of those games and I got to tell you that is the most uncomfortable I can remember him looking in the pocket to your point I I don't know if he was flustered Uh, I tried to ask some guys in the locker room afterward if they thought they had him rattled and nobody would say that but you know maybe he knows a lot but he doesn't quite know it all well listen it would be the only time I've ever seen him truly rattled was on a Monday night game in Kansas City. The year they ended up winning the Super Bowl, quite honestly. It was like week four. I think they were one and three. Kansas City pounded them. Early season blowout. Well, I remember I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, in fact, he was flinching every time. And they snapped the ball. He'd get the trap back and forth. He'd start flinching. I'd never seen it before. Well, I never saw it again either. Yeah, I think I, I think I have. I think people were writing he yeah. was done after that game. Yeah, I think Belichick had a <laughs> yeah, that's, press that's conference too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when it all started. You're exactly right. That's actually when it did start. Um, and so I have had visuals of him, especially in every game that he's played. I've almost every game he's played. Um, I've never seen him like that before or since. And even though he was not, he wasn't like that again. 
the Steelers had them out of sync. That's probably better. And keep in mind, remember we talked about it coming in. They were kind of like that already. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they haven't played. There's not one game I could point out to you this year that I would say, man, they look dangerous. They look like that. They look out of sync. And all of these coverages and these changes, uh, change up just added to that frustration. Their second quarter against David Atlanta Dillon. was pretty close. Um, Tampa's. They were in mean? terms of being off. They, they were, no, they were humming, oh, they were humming oh, pretty humming. good oh, okay. in, against Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came back. You're right. They, um, that's about it. Honestly, that's about it. I, mean, I think that's the only time at any point this year, you know, to the Green Bay game, they were a train wreck, you know, but I think they had just a bunch of guys they pulled in, kind of like the Steelers did with their back, their back end, you know. Um, but he's been like that all year, actually. Their offense has been like that all year. It's as bad as uh, inconsistent as I have seen him. Merrill, where are you at on Devin Bush compared to last year? Well, he's much better. Yeah, he's 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 much better. You know, he's um, he's filtering things. He's a, he's at least getting to where he's supposed to get, not just standing there. You know, I mean that you exactly can't tell you how much, what a difference that makes because for the longest time you just had to shake your head like I, I don't get it. But he's as bad as he ha- has been, there's been leaps and bounds of improvement. Um, getting to where he's supposed to be, filling his gap where he needs to be. You know, he, he made a good play there on that two-point conversion. You know, Miles Jack did the same thing, actually. It was, they ran that play earlier. Miles Jack was in there at the time because um, he was hurt. And both of them executed it well. You know, they they, they caught the rub. They, they didn't get caught up with the guy going vertically. They kept the guy going flat. And, um, that's, you know, listen, that's what Pat, passing him tries to get, we, you know, we call it jerk routes. The jerk route is that if you can get a wide receiver on a linebacker, you know, he's gonna, you're probably going to make a jerk of him because you're going to beat him. <laughs> um, they didn't do that. You know, that's, that's where we got the term jerk route. Um, um, and they tried, you know, every team tries to create those matchups. And when you get that matchup, you usually win, but they did a really good job with, with the matchup, um, the back end, the safety and the and bush. Um, but he has, and he's flashed and he showed up and playing with a lot of different energy. You know, um, you know, people go, well, he was hurt. I'm going to hurt, hurt doesn't, if you got hurt knee, that doesn't mean you make mental errors. All right. Don't give that alignment. There's there's no assignment problems. Right. All all kinds. Right. I mean, and not being where you're supposed to be, it has nothing to do with a bad knee. All right. Playing with effort, getting into the getting into your assignment has nothing to do with the bad. If it is, then get off the field. Once you enter the white lines, I don't care what your injury is, that excuse is gone. But he has played much better, much much better. Just have to see you know, if he can, if he continues that. You know, a few games, he he's picked it up actually. He wasn't playing like this the first couple of weeks. He was kind of the same bush. But this is probably the last three weeks that he has he has really really changed. So we'll have to see if it just keeps up. I mean, it needs to keep up, obviously, but sure will help the team if he does. You know, another guy that's getting a lot of love back here and got some from the defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, uh, today is Terrell Edmonds, who was the last guy standing in terms of recognizable players in that secondary. I think Edmonds has been yeah. a guy, he's been steady over the years, not mm-hmm. not splashy or spectacular, but he's played a ton of snaps. He's He's done his job. Uh, they gave him a lot of credit for kind of managing everything on that back end. Uh, what, what did you see out of him in relation to those disguised coverages that you were talking about a moment ago? Well, 
Well, let me just say this without really knowing all of the details. Um, if he was the quarterback, he, he should have got a game ball because I, you know, somebody with all of, you know, shoot one time they, they did a two deep look. It was down to third and 10. That's when they forced the field, first field goal. Uh, they, they had to, I think that, um, uh, I'm guessing see a seven DBs. It might've had seven. I know they at least had six, but anyway, they run one of the DBs who was playing linebacker, who was a new number. I think, Whatever his name 37, was. Elijah Riley. Yes. Okay. I was going to go 37. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's 37. Okay. He runs to the middle of the field. The two safeties drop down and replace the inside linebackers. The inside linebackers, Splane and Miles Jack, they run out to the corner position, take the flat, and the two corners go back to safety. And now, it's cover, <laughs> now it's cover three. You know, so uh, that's the one they really got him. So, you know, to do all of those, you know, somebody's got to orchestrate that and make sure everybody understands it, you know, and then, and then everybody's responsible for them. So um, to get somebody, somebody has to, to run that ship. So if that's the guy that was doing it, um, kudos, to, kudos to him. And, you know, to your point, he's gotten, like, he's grown. He's gotten a little better. You know, I know when, that's the problem when you're, because I believe he's a first-round draft pick. Yes, he was. Right? Everybody would love him if he yeah, was a second-round yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah, and, well, because of expectations, right? right? I mean, the expectation of, you know, like, boy, you're going to come in and you're going to – your first rounder, you're going to be one of the best ever. You know, and there's a certain standard there, you know, and one of those is 43. Another might be 31. And, you you know, and when you're not quite to that level, you feel like it's, it's, um, it's disappointing in a way. That's expectations can hurt. But to his credit, he has gotten better every year. He has really grown as a pro. Um, and help the team more than he's hurt the team. Merrill, how much have you watched Mike McDaniel's offense in in Miami? I know the the big time tape heads like yourself just rave about this guy's scheme and disguises and the angles they get, and sure helps to have Waddle and Hill too. No, yeah, I mean I've watched them every week, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so but here's the first thing that they do a really good job of is they do a lot of misdirection and action. So they'll pull a guard, you know, um, hard fake the runner, you know, and even maybe jet sweep a tight end or something. So there's a lot of traffic going on in the box, which, you know, I always use the term, just paralyzes people. They're like that front seven to eight guys just get frozen up in what they're, you know, they're seeing read initially. I mean, they're seeing run initially. That read is telling me run. You know, the next thing I know, two has got the ball and he's dropping back. Now, they do a really good job of that, and then Tua gets rid of it right away. And that's where his strength is. What I think has happened, um, as I've watched during the year, everybody's scared to death of that speed of wide receivers. So they all play off. They just give it to them. Yeah. They're like, all, all they run is a freaking five, seven-yard slant, and then he can get rid of the football because he's just done all of that stuff I described. You've got Which... seven guys standing there for a split second. They run a quick slant, corners off seven yards. They go five-yard. It looks easy. Which plays the two of strength, um, as you mentioned. He's a quick game guy, yeah, you know, right? That, yeah, that's what he is. You make you make him reset his feet. You make him start pushing that ball down fifteen yards and outside the numbers. Very different player. Yep. Now Cincinnati actually did that when he was when he was playing. Um, they pressed. They got into some robber stuff. They got some quick pressures and made him reset his feet, and he wasn't the same. Um, now let's go to what they did against Tampa. Do, do you have to be? Um, change coverage up like that? No, because Tua is not Tom Brady. You know, you know. They, so what is it that they do really well? 
I, I would think, man, I would, I'd make my guys press. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't give them free access. Those, those speedy guys. Cause that guy back there, he wants to get, as soon as he plants his foot, that ball comes out when he can't do that. It's a whole different game. So if, something within the scheme, if you can, you know, this comes down to your defensive line comment early, you know, they got to have another big game where they're pushing the pocket and, and getting a little pressure and just moving him, just moving him a little bit, you know. Um, if you can do those in critical moments, you're not going to do that in an entire game. You know, he's going to, he's still good. Those guys are good too. They're pros. They're going to make plays. But if you can do that and win the critical situations, th- there's where I think they really got a chance to, to win the game if they can do that. Merrill Estes. And he I, hasn't played for you know almost a month too. Just you know that's right, that, right. That's hard to come in and and just be you know pick up where you left off. It's hard. Last thing I got for you tonight, Merrill. Uh, Najee Harris had another you know, middling game statistically, but the eight yard run he had uh, at the start of the last drive that they used to grind the clock out. Uh, that was the first time, to me at least, that I thought he looked like Najee Harris last year, where he actually got to the line of scrimmage. I think first contact was two yards beyond the line of scrimmage and he ran through a couple guys and then he moved the pile at the end of the run. Um, he's getting healthier. He's taking that steel plate out of his shoe. Uh, yeah, okay. Do, do, do you see him Wait, as maybe ready, well, ready to, to, to start taking his game to another level? You know, Mike, just when you said that, you know, I, I did see a little more juice in the guy, you know, from start to finish, you know, and a more explosiveness. Um, yeah. let's put this Not, nothing hurt. dramatic, but, but just a, a perceived difference you know what i'm saying like I, yeah. uh, he didn't look like jim brown but he didn't look like the guy i've seen the first part of the season either yeah we, we talked about it. you know I, when i watch him i'm like gosh dang jack i always thought it was i don't know what foot it was like you know and it appeared to me when he, the way he would run i was like it, it looked like his left foot i don't know if it's his left foot or it's his right foot it's just but there was a a, a gate change in him and a you lack a wiggle energy, you know, that you die. Because you when you watch somebody over and over and over and over, your eyes get, you know, trained to that, you know. So it's very easy to catch something that you're like, doesn't look right, you know, better or worse. And even though you're right, it's very subtle. There was something a little different. And that little difference, though, was back um, last week. So, you know, hopefully he can add to that because, you know, this team – you know, you, you've got to be able to run the ball every week. This team's just not good enough to come out and, and try to win it all over the park. But, boy, if he could – they could get the ground game going here. You know, and this is a 3-4. You know, I don't know how many teams are running the 3-4 in the NFL anymore. As a runner, I used to love running against a 3-4 because there's two natural bubbles versus one in a front. Um, and I don't know why. That just – I always liked a 3-4. I just always felt – doesn't mean you can run against them any easier. I'm not getting that. I just used to like running against 3-4. So we'll see if they can get their running game going and more consistent, you know, and his juice would help them. Subtle gate change. I love that description. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> but he had that. Cause do you know what foot, do you know what foot he did, did, he did hurt? I'm embarrassed to admit know? I do not. I, you know, that's all right. I mean, my theory the over the years, somebody would ask me, which knee is it? And I would say the one that doesn't work. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> right, right, I mean, right. you know, it's, it's the, it's the one that's got ice on it. It's all bad. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Merrill, it's really true. enjoyed it uh, as always tonight. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week uh, before the Philadelphia game. Absolutely, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Go Steelers, baby. He almost gave me a little uh, optimism there. 
I have a lot of optimism about this game. I don't think Miami's a big bad wolf at all. I think they have some issues going on right now. And he said it great about Tua, too. Like, the, I don't think he's just going to walk right back yeah, after you what know, happened to him and be perfectly fine. I think I fell into that coaching trap. I see some stuff on tape, and I think that's automatic, like it's a video game. Right, right, right. Like it's going to happen every it's time. It's always going to be this. But uh, I don't know. I, I was very impressed with the defensive front. Uh, I see Tamero's knowledge about the coverage. I still think Tampa Bay should have thrown more. I do, too, but, but that was good coverage stuff by Merrill, for sure. Awesome. There's no question Brady was off his feet a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and and if Bush is playing better, and if Evans is ascending, yeah. and if the offense... This guy <laughs> Watts right around the corner. We've been asking uh, this question for a year and uh, six games now. Mm-hmm. If the offense can get it in gear, eh, you never know. And, and a little bit of a run game would go a long way. That it would. Uh, hey, gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players. Authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. Those are located at AccraSure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Matt and I are going to be here until 8 o'clock, so keep it here. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back to the preview. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Boy, that was fascinating stuff uh, from Haji tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, coverage disguises, and I don't want to – Say what Merrill just said, but I mean, I, they they definitely you could see Brady was rattled. I gave a ton of credit to Ogan Joby and Hayward. I mean, I think we sat here a week ago and I said, to "Have any chance in this game?" Yeah, Cam Hayward has to be the best player on the field. I think he did. And, I, I thought uh, Isaiah Loudermilk played pretty well yeah, too. Yeah, for his I'm, first shot. I kind of felt bad for him early in the year that he was shut out in terms of playing time, but they were deeper, and I don't think he did anything wrong. But I think he has yeah. a bright future. I talked to him this week. He is ready. He said he, he said he stayed patient. He mm-hmm. he knew the chance was going to come, and he was going to be ready when it came. And uh, you know, with Demarvin Leal out, uh, it, and I know the they're slightly should... different positions, but I'm not thrilled with how Tyson Alualu's playing. Yeah. So I mean, I think Loudermilks and Wormleys of the world. Loudermilk played some edge too in that game. I know. Right? That, yeah, that, that right, kind right. of position they've invented. The, the TJ Watt TJ Watt's yeah, absence right, yeah. that Leal was playing. So yeah, maybe right. this, you know, we we talked a lot about Brian Flores and mm-hmm. the addition to the staff and what that would mean and how you now have Tomlin, Austin, and Flores and how creative would they get defensively. Think Flores is gonna have any input on this game? Oh, uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. But we've seen some stuff and yep. you know, some of it's by necessity because of injuries, but Absolutely. uh they have not just throwing the guys out there with next man up and do the same stuff we always do and hope yeah. for the best. And I would not expect that to be the case Sunday either. I think uh, they got no, 100%. something I mean, up their sleeve. I mean, no one's going to know this team better than Flores. Yeah. I mean, strengths, weaknesses, all that stuff, just personnel, what they like to do, what they don't. And to your point, too, about the defense, I mean, secondary in particular, Jackson, Pierre, I mean, they boost their stock. You know, like, I don't think they're throwaway guys, you know, especially Jackson, yeah. you know? I'm, I'm not uh, – Alerting the officials at Canton just yet. But, no, uh, I don't mind putting them in 47 or 26, yeah, but I mean. They got, they got through it. <laughs> hey, Yin's chat is the Steelers' predictive and trivia game. Answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. Play on your own against Steeler Nation and our new public group or create your very own private group to compete against family and friends. You can play Yin's chat exclusively in the Steelers' official mobile app. Matt, the question of the night, total yards for the Steelers. Total yards for the Steelers. Over, okay. under, 290 and a half. 
I was sitting there thinking the over-under should be about 300, and I'm going over. I am too. Yeah. Uh, I like the the one-on-one matchups of Steeler receivers versus Miami corners, and I'm assuming Kenny's going to play. He he takes those one-on-ones, you know, and, and I think if you have Pickens one-on-one against any of those corners or Deontay, yeah. I'm putting it up there, and that could be some big plays. Well, he wasn't hitting them uh, with consistency against Tampa, though, was he? I no, thought, he wasn't. That was uh, – now, I think he was 11 for 18 – and two of them were throwaways. Mm-hmm. But the other five misses were all bad misses. There uh, were some bad ones. There yeah. was a combination of sideline balls where he was trying to give the guy a chance. The the one that's obvious is the one right at the end of uh, the drive after the long kickoff return by Steven Sims. Mm-hmm. They hit a sideline route to Deontay Johnson. Then there was a throwaway because the play just wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he tried to hit Pickens even in double coverage and just airmailed it, and he kind of smacked his hands together a couple times after. He was he was Not upset with himself. himself. Right. And then there were multiple occasions where he was trying to hit a comebacker at the stick, and he just threw it way short. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I he hope was, that's not a trend, but who knows? He was more was off of with his accuracy than I had seen him, although I liked, well said, yeah. I liked his decision-making. I liked where he was trying to put the ball, mm-hmm. the touchdown – to Najee Harris, everybody thinks, oh, that was a simple throw. But he read a six-man blitz, and uh, Keanu Neal, the safety, was coming off the yeah. uh, right edge of the offense, left edge of the defense, unblocked. Yeah, right, right. He had to get rid of that ball and get it over Vita Vea, so that was a real good play. Mm-hmm. And uh, My opinion of Pickett hasn't changed negatively at all after that game. No, I but, mean, but, but my, there were some instances. But my question is, how ready is he? I, I, right. I see the inspiration in his play. Mm-hmm. I don't see the consistent productivity in his play, particularly getting the team in the end zone. Get the end zone and I, I don't know if you can expect that when he's, you know, getting ready to make his no third and start. He's also played against two of the top five defenses in the league, and one of them in extreme conditions and wins and down on the scoreboard, and then total opposite defense. You know, this one um, in terms of Tampa with a heavy blitz, you're gonna get a lot of blitz this week as well. And then you have a really difficult Eagles defense, too. So I think this four-game stretch, buy, go back and watch, learn what the game's about at this level, is really going to pay off in the second half of the season. You think that's why I went right back to him? Yeah, I think the decision was – I mean, they made a play tectonic decision of putting Pickett in the game, and he, I don't think you go back from that. I mean, it, it'd be different if Kenny P- couldn't. Apparently not, because Trubisky played the best quarter of football. Great. A quarterback for the Steelers has played all year. You're 100% right. I mean, it took us too long to bring that up in this show. I mean, Mitch deserves all the credit in the world. I wanted to bring it up to Merrill. It was only, only so much time in the day, though. Well, I, Merrill would just go back to the North Carolina tape and say <laughs> But no, and, I, and I, I get who he is. I just My, yeah. my theory well. is you are desperate to try to get out of stadiums with W's right now, mm-hmm. as, as Mike Tomlin likes to say. And if I don't go back to Kenny Pickett right after he suffered a concussion, it doesn't mean I'm messing with my long-term plan. I, I don't think it's going to have any effect on him. Oh, my confidence is shaking. Yeah, you're right, you know, right. I don't, I'm play the hot hand. This guy, this guy finally, we waited on this Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. for a long time, and he finally got here, and now yeah. they're saying, hey, thanks a lot. Go sit down. And, and Mitch seemed unencumbered. You know, I don't like that he was playing scared, but – he was he playing tentative. He was playing tentative, yeah, absolutely. And he wasn't in this game. He had nothing to lose, and he let it rip. So uh, the uh, aforementioned optimism, we got about a minute left. Uh, you said you are uh, optimistic? I am. I mean, the, the, the spread shocks me. I think these are pretty equal-type teams, especially from how we've seen Miami play the last couple weeks. Um, 
I'm really impressed with their head coach, X's and O's wise, and all that stuff, like we talked about. But I think it's different leading a team, and uh, you know, the coaching advantage is massive in the Steelers' direction in terms of leadership and the Flores factor. I was not optimistic, and I, I watched that Minnesota game, and I thought I saw a Ferrari that just kept bumping <laughs> into the curb, yeah, yeah, and, and blowing a tire. But uh, I don't know the 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 two uh, rust. Let's say yeah. uh, maybe that'll be a factor. Maybe that D line will get it done. Uh, maybe we'll get yeah. a ball game after all worthy of a Sunday night. That's going to do it for us tonight on Thursday night. Uh, we appreciate you joining us and finding us however you did and wherever you did until next week for Merrill Hodge, Matt Williamson, and I'm Mike Pursuta. You've been listening to Steelers preview right here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count.